0: Hello and welcome to Real Estate Podcast number 12 and it is September 22, 2022 and my name is Robert Eichard. This is the Real Estate Podcast with Robert Eichard, and this is my first live and in-person podcast with uh, a person and not on um, teams or one of those types but I'm so happy to have Amanda Moreno-Lake as our guest today. And she is a very interesting person and she has a lot of um, background, but I'm just going to tell you a little bit briefly about her background. So Amanda has been in the construction and real estate business for over 20 years, and she is currently president of redevelopment at Jim Lake companies and partner in several investment partnerships. She has completed the redevelopment of the downtown square in Waxahachie, Texas, and is currently focusing on the Oak Cliff Tower, where we sit right now, and the redevelopment of the downtown square in Ennis and Cedar Hill, Texas. Aside from real estate and construction, Amanda owns and has previously owned her own fair share of businesses, including a hair salon, a wear store, a trucking company, and in addition to her business operations and partnerships, she has been part of the Dallas Area Rapid Transit Board of Directors since 2013, serving as Chairwoman of the Planning Committee. And She is also on the Dallas Arboretum Board of Directors, is a Bishop Dunn Ambassador, co-founder of Mammogram Poster Girls and past Chairwoman of the Board of Oak Cliff Chamber of Commerce and the Fair Park Texas Foundation Board of Directors. She is a recipient of the Dallas 500 in D Magazine for 2020, 2021, and 2022. Recently in 2022, Amanda was appointed as a member of the Board of Directors of to Texas Brand Bank in Dallas, Texas, being the first Latina to hold that position. And that's only scratching the surface uh, of Amanda's accomplishments. She's, um, we actually work together, but even if we didn't, she'd be one of the first people I would want on my podcast. Um, I worked for her and um, at the same company. And um, so Amanda, welcome.
1: Thank you. I'm very honored to be here. Thank you for asking me to do this. I'm not a great public speaker. I will tell you from the very beginning, I always get nervous, but you asked me to do this and I uh, wanted to to probably become a better public speaker because it's not easy to do
0: that. Yes, it Mm -hmm. isn't. But you're sitting here, we're sitting here in the seventh floor Mm -hmm. of Oak Cliff Tower. I just want to... show the views from this beautiful tower of the beautiful city of Dallas, Texas Mm -hmm. on a beautiful day. And, um, so I don't really go by any scripts, Amanda, but can, if you wouldn't mind, could you just share with the audience a little bit about your background to whatever extent you would like to.
1: Okay. So I, uh, come from immigrant parents. Um, My dad and my mom are from Mexico. Uh, My dad came here to the United States when he was 16 years old. And growing up in West Dallas in a 800 square feet home, nine people uh, and one bathroom, I learned to be a survivor. (laughs) And um, I say that because I look at my life now and and how I was brought up with what my dad said is, Amanda, this is a land of opportunity. You're gonna make as much money as you want, or less money, and you decide, because you have the ingredients that it takes to be successful, and that's integrity, honesty, hard work, commitment, and dedication.
0: Well, I've noticed that from you, Thank you. and I'm, I've been amazed um, by by what you've done, and you've I've read through all the projects. Um, let's talk about where we're sitting right now can you give us a little background on this building and where we are today
1: so we are at the oak cliff tower and as a as a kid as a child i came into this building because my dad's insurance company office out of this building and so i have um just a, a very um I don't know. You know, this place has a, something that's very emotional for me—an uh, emotional attachment okay. to uh, to this building. Just because I would walk in here at least once a month uh, with my dad to come pay his uh, the insurance that he had, and so to be able to say that I'm a partner, uh, a general partner of this of this building has something very. Sp- it's a very special building for my for me.
0: And you're actually the managing partner.
1: I am. I'm the general partner and the
0: managing partner. You're the partner. Gen- general and managing partner. Yes. And um, so this is an interesting building. I ha- I actually managed it before I even came to your company. Okay. And so you all have done amazing things. This floor, everything is modern and upgraded and getting more so all the time. And um, one thing I just can't get over is the views. And I'm glad the people that are watching the podcast can see what kind of views are from this building if you're in the middle of dallas you might see another building right up front but right. we're a little bit behind that or a little bit south so we have actually i think the best views in dallas right here
1: and this building robert is the the, the, the biggest office tower here in the southern sector um, within gym like companies we probably manage about 90 uh, percent of the office uses in in Oak Cliff in the southern sector, and um, spending the time um, in just redeveloping this in itself, it, it's 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 a big task. Yes. Um, there has been a lot of um, work done that maybe you can't see, but there's a lot. There was a lot of infrastructure stuff that we needed to do, a lot of mechanical stuff we needed to do because there was a lot of deferred maintenance. And so we've we've, we're getting through that, and and then we're now we're gonna start really focusing and making sure that this building looks we we turn it into a Class A building, and that's that's my goal.
0: Yes, and this we're sitting in a Class A conference room right now. Thank you. And um, I really feel that way. Um, Thank you. So tell me about tell. uh, I mean, this is an international podcast. Okay. What can you tell people about Dallas, Texas, and then maybe more particularly South Dallas where most of your properties are focused? Well, also in other towns I know as well.
1: Right. I would say that uh, I, love, I love our city. Uh, our city of Dallas has so much opportunity. And uh, and I always say that I want to do the best that I can to make a difference to make our community the best that it can be and um if you're in dallas if you're not making money there's something wrong
0: <laughs> well i mean a couple of things i've liked about dallas and is we're in the center of the united states right and the united states is a major country in the world so we're in the center of a major country in the world and you can get a lot of places very easily from dallas right. you can go to mexico city you can go to canada you can go to new york non-stop you could go to london you could go to la i think you could probably go to hawaii non-stop you can do all these you and so not to mention we have the dallas cowboys and the dallas (laughs) (laughs) mavericks (laughs) so well but we won't get too too much into that right now because i know we have a lot of people from a lot of places watching this but um that's just some local bias that comes out and now um, Amanda, what, what is it that you can tell us about South Dallas, which I know you have a special place in your heart for?
1: Right. Um, <clears throat> South Dallas is very unique and different. Uh, there's more land in the southern sector that can be redeveloped. I think that whenever you create a plan development area, in, in, we we work by districts or city council districts, we have 14 districts in our city, and when you create a plan development area and you create a master plan, it just makes it easier for developers or redevelopers to come and invest. Um, it's important to have a direction. And uh, for me, the city of Dallas and Oak Cliff or the Southern sector is, is beautiful. It's There's yeah. just a lot of land and, and um, that's available. And, um, and if you're not investing, and you, what do I always say? Is the key to real estate is learning how to buy right, right. and um, and to have that vision, it's important.
0: Well, you are known as the Queen of Oak Cliff, <laughs> and I don't mean to embarrass you, but can you tell us how that happened?
1: Well, um, like I stated earlier, I'm not a really good public speaker, or to have cameras in front of me. Um, I, I come from humble beginnings and, and I really believe that if you go out and take the risk and, and go out and try, you never know until you try. And so to have that title, I mean, it's, it's you know, I, I, I discovered it because my, my granddaughter, I would always say, you know, um, you're the queen because I live, she loves the house. My, our, our home was built in 1926 and my son as well he always called it the castle and she just said that i was the queen and she is the one that notified me that i was uh the queen of old cliff and she asked siri and she's like Grandma, you really are. Yes. You really are the
0: queen. You go to your iPhone <laughs> and you say who is the Queen of Oak Cliff? Amanda, you it's don't, scary you don't.
1: and Google says it. It <laughs> must be true. <laughs> just, so oh, um, so funny. I always said then let me that you're the princess and then my son is the prince. And yes. so I i have a, a beautiful family. I'm very fortunate, um, to have a great family. I, I just believe that you don't ever grow by yourself. You grow with people that surround you and it's important I cannot take any credit I've been blessed with a lot of wonderful people that have helped me being where I'm at today Because yes. it's, it's there's it's not just me I really honestly I, I'm getting more credit than I deserve Robert
0: well the, okay that's true but it's not true I mean <laughs> it, what's not true about that is Amanda I've seen you in action I mean you are a business woman from I don't know what time you start in the morning. I think I think it's probably five in the morning. You get I've, some emails from me. I've I've, I've actually talked to you <laughs> a, around that time. Yes. Um. But um. And then till late at night. I mean, you you're heavily involved in the community. Yes. You're heavily involved in business, and uh, you're just an inspiration to a lot of people. And um so let me just kind of go on a little diversion here which I constantly do so okay, um, well one of the diversions I wanted to say is what are I mean you could just be making money and I know you're good at it and you're good at real estate but you choose to spend a lot of your time not doing that you choose to spend your time on the mammography um, fam- mammogram prostate girls, mammogram girls um, the dartboard my goodness the time you spent and that means Dallas Area Rapid Transit, and that, why don't you tell the, you know more than me, why right. don't you tell the, well, the guess what Dallas Area Rapid Transit? I was
1: on um, on DART for eight years, but I don't believe that I could be, anyone should be on a board for a very, very long time. I believe in giving an opportunity for new energy and new, like, different ideas. I did serve on the dark board for eight years and it was, it was a wonderful experience. It was a learning experience. I really wanna say that you have to get involved in your community. You have to know who your city plan commissioner, who your city council person is, who your state representative is. That is extremely important. You have to get involved with your local chamber. I've been a member of the Oak Cliff Chamber of Commerce for almost two and a half decades
0: or more. But what did we just recently have
1: with that? We, we had a, a gala. We had the taste of Old Cliff and it you know, 100, the,
0: was a hundred year anniversary. Yes. Right? It was our,
1: yes, it was. And you have to participate because it's 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 not all about chasing the almighty dollar. It's about building relationships. And when you build relationship, money comes. It's extremely important that you get involved in your community and go out and vote and make a difference. Make make your community the best you can. And I do spend a lot of time with nonprofits and raising money for, for nonprofits. Uh, one, of one, one of the ones that I'm really working on is the Blue Guardian Foundation. And the Blue Guardian Foundation deals with uh, fallen officers here in our city of Dallas. Uh, and not just in the city of Dallas. They go, when there's tragedy, they're able to travel and go visit other other cities when there's tragedies and they can do it just you know they can't do it there's not a a budget for that and that's why i believe that giving back to you know our dallas police department Mm -hmm. is important and and we did lose
0: several in one day we did we Um, did it was a not that long ago yes
1: it was was tragic it really actually hurt my heart and it was actually also a dark police officer that uh, was one of those five. But you have to give back because they are out there risking our, their lives right. for us. Right. So I do get involved with, with raising money for nonprofits. It's, it's extremely important for me. And it's extremely important. It should be extremely important for everyone is yes. to, give, to give back. And we're right. having a, a gala for them on uh, November the 5th. Okay. Um, I did it last year, and my goal is to raise $200,000 Last year, we were able to raise 157,000. Wow! Nice. So uh, it's November 5th. I want to invite everybody to come. Please buy a table. There's a couple of tables still available, mm-hmm. and it'll be um, it'll be just for a great cause.
0: That's awesome. Now, Dallas Area Rapid Transit. Please tell us what that is.
1: So DART is the DART board. It deals with transportation. And when you're talking about transportation, you're talking about infrastructure. You're talking about development. You know, as, as that is my B- passion. Buses, but also, tra- yes, trains. Yes, absolutely, and it gives it controls it, all it, the buses and trans- trains in Dallas. Yeah, it transports people from places, and we are. You know, DART is now doing a, a better job in really focusing on making sure that you know their people are getting where they need to be into the jobs that they need to be at. Right. And, and uh, I want to commend DART for what they're doing and continue to do and they have a new CEO that's oh, doing okay. a great job and um, and so I'm just excited I'm extremely supportive we've got to support each other yeah make it a better city
0: okay and then um, tell us a little bit about Bishop Arts I know you own and deal with a lot of properties in Bishop Arts as a matter of fact I think you may have got some of your start there I don't know yeah uh, why don't you Share
1: more of that with the audience. So when I, you know, Bishop Arts is- A part of Dallas. It is part of Dallas and it um, has received a lot of awards. It is pedestrian friendly. It is a mixed use development. Um, Bishop Arts has grown um, and it's become a destination. And I believe that every municipality, if they have a master plan, can create their own destination
0: and it has r- restaurants, restaurants and gift shops,
1: retail, retail, and um, lots. Just, it's a
0: lot of fun. It's a lot of yeah, fun, and especially on the weekends, they have live music. They do. Yeah, I mean, I've I've been down there, and it kind of remote, gives uh, sort of like a New Orleans feel. Right. And, well, uh,
1: when it first started, it wasn't like that. So I always say whenever you're talking about redeveloping, redeveloping, or creating a master plan, mm-hmm. it takes a partnership between. Uh, the city of Dallas, in instance here, had private and public funding, in order to be able to make it what it is today. Right. And so when that plan development area got created, it, it just made a really big difference because some of these buildings, they're they are they won't be able to uh, be viable if there is not that. Um, that um, relationship with right. private funding and federal funding, and the city on board, to be able to make yes. sure that you're able to redevelop these buildings that don't have the parking that it requires. Right, like Jefferson, for instance. This PD was created back in 1989.
0: That's that's a big road that goes yes. right out here.
1: And got you know we uh, when it was created, well they didn't allow you know. Um, a live workspace that you could live on the second floor and work on the first floor but it got changed so right. we had to go back and reopen it and be able to do a mixed use development that you're able to live and work so you have to think outside the box it's right. not just some of those rules you know sometimes don't right
0: they'll, they'll run in citywide but they really should be more because it's such a big city that's right and it has to be kind of like more localized that's and more right. tailored um and so in terms of in, in terms of that thought um, I wanted to bring up you are kind of an expert not kind of you are an expert at zoning and planning and permitting and, and things like that can you tell us a little bit about that
1: well I became an I, I became an expert I when I first started many many years ago I will pull a permit I, I wanted to open start my first business and uh, I had a, a really hard time with the city. I just didn't know the ordinance or what the requirements was. And when you're first starting, you don't know what you don't know. How old were you? Um, I think I was like 18 years old, what? 17 or 18. Yeah. And so, I mean, I would, you know, apply for my certificate of occupancy. I wanted to get started. An inspector came out and inspected the building and said, here's a list of all the stuff you need to do. And he gave me a red tag. And so. <laughs> I, you know, you have to have the green tags by plumbing, electrical, mechanical and building in order to get your certificate of occupancy. Yes. So I got red tags and I couldn't understand. So he gave me a list of things to do. And and so I did them. But it wasn't the same inspector. It was a different inspector.
0: Oh, the second time.
1: The second time. And the second inspector gave me another list. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my goodness. You know, this really could put somebody out of business. Yeah. Uh, if, or never let him get started you know, yes it's it's you know never let them get started yeah. you know and so I ordered chapter 51 of the Dallas Development Code and um, I started reading and and so when an inspector came back out I would ask him and I had my recorder because I was very upset it was just very I just went through a lot of hard time it wasn't easy when I first but you got educated started. yourself I did and 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 then once, I, um, once he came out and, and, I you know, he looked at it, and when he would tell me, I'm like, he, I would pull my book out, and it was so huge, but I still have it. Um, and, and, and several different volumes, because it's chapter 51 of the Dallas Development Code has evolved, uh, and there's a lot of other additions to it. Uh, I would just pull it out and just say, if they were going to give me a red tag, I am was going to ask them, under what chapter are we talking about? Yes. what section of what chapter are we talking about show me so I can understand because I wanted to do it right right And then I thought okay if I'm going through this and I know how to speak English and I'm fluent in Spanish I just thought what is what is going on with the people that have a language barrier
0: Oh okay
1: you know how do they fix that And so it's I just, double
0: difficult for them
1: Yes and so then <laughs> I said well, I'm just going to start pulling permits and I didn't know how to charge money. Like
0: I was just doing it for free, helping people, just helping yep. people.
1: And, and so I don't, I, I could never call myself an expert. Now, I guess everybody calls me an expert. I started believing that cause I've, I've pulled so many permits, right. um, with the city of Dallas. And I think they're now getting it right and they're trying to do everything. And that's the focus this day. these. Know that's the focus now is to try to do the better job to get those permits out because, at the end of the day, every single permit costs money, and it behooves our city to have the right people there. Which they're that's what they're doing now. We have somebody that's been there for a long time, Mr. Vernon. I I hate Vernon, he's amazing. Uh, I'm not gonna say his last name, but he's amazing. Just ask for Vernon, (laughs) but um. He's been there for 30 years and he know you know he's like he's the kind of guy that says okay if there's a problem let me give you what the solution is right because that entity can bring in more money than any other entity because you're paying a permit and it is up to field inspection so whenever you submit some plans Right. The inspectors are going to go out and you're going to have three inspectors that are going to go out and if those, if, if it's not matching to what you submit, they're going to give you a red tag, a green tag, or a yellow tag. And so if it's done correctly, they're going to give you a green tag. And so, I mean, I'm just excited for what the city is trying to do. Our city manager is really on it now and he's Good. wanting to to make a difference, and he's making it his focus, and he's doing an amazing job. I, I'm a very big supporter of him, because he's well, doing a wonderful job. Well,
0: it can be really tough for, because a lot of people, they have to sign a lease, then they get their lease. Well, I'm talking about like in commercial real estate, right. which is your main focus. Right. Um, so now they're paying rent. Yes. Then they gotta go through and get their CO, their Certificate of Occupancy. Correct. And. If they're not following all these steps and all the it can time is money and they're paying money out and they're still not open so I can see where it's such a a big issue and I deal with it myself as you know
1: uh, yes so my recommendation and it's probably doesn't help the landlords but I've been a I've been a tenant before I became a landlord and so I've I've done both right Right. I've done I've, I've been a tenant I've been a landlord So there's times, if there's going to take time, that's why it's important, before you sign a lease, for you to do your due diligence, is this going to be the same use? Are you going to be able to have to submit a floor plan, a site plan, a parking analysis? Like Go down there and get informed before you sign a lease, because once you sign a lease, the rent starts.
0: Right. And if it's going to be a
1: complicated use where you're going to have to change the use yes my recommendation to everybody out there is to ask the landlord and put in special provisions that I don't start paying rent till I get my certificate of occupancy issued
0: because if you're renting an empty box and you have a dream of a restaurant in there and it's going to take three one, months that, and you're
1: paying, free, you're paying rent right. and you're not able to open
0: right you have to have a hood system you have to have a, a grease trap a vent hood and, and if you're going to have a liquor license yes you know. you're going to have
1: alcohol sales and that in itself takes time so you really have to do your due diligence when you're right. opening up a business
0: yes Um, I've actually in the past before buying properties I've written to the city and I said even though it may be doing exactly what the the business that's in there is doing exactly what I'm buying it and I'm gonna keep that tenant in I'll still write them a letter because I want it in writing saying is this business I'm sorry is this building legal for this use I want to make sure and I want it in writing from the city I want them to tell me because if somebody's operating you you could buy this is a real estate podcast if you're out there buying looking at a piece of real estate you don't necessarily want to um, assume that just because they're operating some type of store in there that 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 is appropriate or allowed it could not be it might not be it might be non-conforming
1: Yeah, that's right you want to make sure that the type of business they're going to be putting in. It's an allowable use yes. within that plan development area, or within um, city of Dallas. There's right. a lot of there's a lot of pla- plan development areas in our city, mm-hmm. and so so you have Chapter 51 of the Dallas Development Code that we adhere to, but then you have a plan development area that 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 is on top of that Chapter 51 with more special rules. Right. Right. and so that that is what is um referred to
0: well amanda we have a lot of young people that watch the podcast
1: okay
0: and young people love podcasts and a lot of young people they're not going to watch this a lot of well let's just say this the audience for this type of podcast is usually people that have an interest if not a very strong interest in right. getting into real estate and they're smart to watch these type of things that's right. and That's kind of one way I'm giving back to the community is by having a podcast and taking the time. And um, I have a a lot of experience and background too. And so I try to impart that with my guests to people because Mm -hmm. I think we can reach a lot more people than I ever could, that I probably never would, obviously I never would reach the same people. But what, what I'm trying to say is we have a lot of young people that listen to the podcast, middle aged, maybe even older. Who knows? Maybe it wants to make it a secondary career. What advice would you give them if they want to get into and I know this is kind of a tough question or a broad question, but what what I mean, what would you tell, like let's just say a young Amanda, maybe her name's something else, but and she wants to she admires you and she wants to what what are some of the key things you would advise her to about achieving success in real estate.
1: So what I would advise her would be is that whatever you do, you have to have a passion for it. You have to love what you do. I love what I do. It doesn't even seem like work for me. Because I love it. And so whatever you're doing, it doesn't even matter what it is. If you have a passion and you discover you have a passion, then you need to go out there and do it because how awful it will it will be for you to do something that you really don't even like right then you just become a robot it's not even quality of life i don't I even want, want to get out
0: of bed in the yeah
1: morning. or when you're going you're like oh my goodness i'm having to go to this job that you're i really right. don't even like exactly and and all these hours and time is so valuable and so what i would say is whatever you do make sure you love it make sure you follow it and never give up don't give up you know a lot of people just give up you're going to go through trials and tribulations it's not going to be easy but so many people once it gets hard or it gets difficult they give up and so my my message to you is this I didn't have an opportunity to go to college I started my business at a very young age I started working not an eight to five job I was working countless of hours and you know but i was i was on a mission because my dad said amanda this is the land of opportunity and you're going to make as much money as you want and as less money as you want and i took that to heart but i would hear that from my dad and then i would hear stuff from my uncles like go ahead and get married you know have children that's the best thing you can do is like go ahead you know that the, traditional. the traditional culture Right. And that's not what I wanted Or for women, period,
0: they, you know, Yes. go.
1: You know, I started cooking at, you know, at the age of, like, I'm a, I'm a great cook. I yeah, I know, I know that, I know that. But because my mother, you know, I had to help my mom. You know, there was nine of us. And so I learned how to cook at a very young age and learned how to wash dishes at a very young age. Uh, by the time I was 10, I was sitting there and I, I was like a chef cutting up doing a pico de gallo really quick um but i i learned how to cook and i love it i love cooking
0: well where, where does the fire in your belly come from amanda
1: when somebody says no to me i i think the key to my success would be robert that a lot of people underestimated me and, when and they you, probably still do they do that's okay don't even tell them i'm smart <laughs> Don't
0: even tell them, I'm sorry. We don't want to compare your, your financial statement <laughs> to too many people either. But
1: I compare it to a lot of people that think they make more money than they <laughs> <laughs> And I hope that's not coming out no. as I'm bragging, but you know what? Um, I would say the key to my success is that a lot of people underestimated me. And they didn't think I was smart, and they didn't think I was going to be able to do it.
0: And that was a challenge to you?
1: That was a challenge. And uh, keep they don't keep underestimating me, right. so they can see. They don't even know when I hit them with a the two by four.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. And um, I'm
1: smart, and, and I'm able to. You're do very it. smart.
0: And, uh, you, oh, one thing I didn't bring up, um, you gave the the commencement address. Would you like to talk about or your?